Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto. Before I intro our guest, I want to tell you about some really exciting updates at Femtech Focus. First, we have migrated our virtual community to a new, more interactive platform. We moved our previously publicly available databases of Femtech startups and exits from our website to this new community. You can find the Femtech Institute, which is a self-guided women's health accelerator, to learn how to fundraise, build, and scale your company. I host weekly office hours where I would love to meet with all of you one-on-one. We have an events calendar of all the upcoming women health events around the world, and you have the ability to add yours, too. Sounds awesome, right? Well, it's free to join and only $14.99 a month if you want to unlock the FemPro perks. Join the community by going to femtechfocus.org. The second big announcement is our upcoming virtual jobs fair with our partner at the Bowdoin Group on March 23rd from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Whether you're a student looking for an internship or post-graduation work, or if you're a professional switching industries, this is a great opportunity for you. We'll have an incredible keynote interview with the Bowdoin Group about the current state of the jobs market and what skills people need to work and be successful in femtech. Then you'll have the opportunity to meet virtually in different rooms with different companies and learn about their mission and open positions. If you are a women's health company hiring, this event is for you too. Whether you are looking for interns, a co-founder, making your first official hire, scaling your team, or filling out a whole department, companies from big to small can register to have a virtual booth and meet with hundreds of the top femtech candidates around the world. Register at femtechfocus.org. Alrighty, in today's bonus episode, I interview Caitlin Marini, Managing Director at the Bowdoin Group. The Bowdoin Group is an executive search firm that specializes in leadership and strategic roles, recruitment process outsourcing services, and major hiring projects for a wide range of companies, from small firms building out their executive team to larger firms sourcing talent for rapid market expansion. The Bowdoin Group knows women's health is an emerging market that needs thought leaders at every level to support and accelerate our growth. I am so pleased to see Bowdoin stepping up to the plate as the go-to femtech executive search firm. We've partnered with Femtech Focus and the Bowdoin Group, and we are launching our jobs fair, which you just heard about in the intro. It is on March 23rd from 12 to 3 Eastern. In fact, the first hour of the event will be an in-depth talk about the current jobs market in the United States and what skills one needs to land a job in Femtech. Consider this bonus episode as a preview to this excellent talk we will have at the event. Please be sure to register for the jobs fair at femtechfocus.org. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Caitlin, welcome to the show. Hey, Brittany, thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is a special bonus episode, so very excited about that. We haven't had a bonus episode in a little bit, but that is because we have our upcoming 
hiring forum, our jobs fair, a first ever one I've ever heard of in femtech. Have you ever heard of a femtech jobs fair? I have not. I have not. And I'm psyched to be part of it. Yes, this is so awesome. So listeners, today's our special bonus episode. We're going to interview Caitlin and we're going to talk about the current state of the jobs market and talk a little bit about uh, working in femtech, the skills you need, etc. But if you want to learn more, the deep dive really is at the event. We're going to kick off with an awesome keynote where we're going to dive even further into these topics. So consider this a little preview. Um, Caitlin, Let's kick it off with learning more about you and your background, even though, you know, you, you work in, you know, job searching, executive search, not necessarily femtech, we still want to learn about who you are. So tell us a little about where you're from, what you study, and how'd you end up in the position you are now? Of course. Yeah, happy to. So um, I have been with the Bowdoin Group for about 12 years now, coming up on my 12th anniversary, which is crazy, but um, I'm a born and raised Massachusetts native. Um, I grew up in a little town called Hudson, Massachusetts, um, which is not Western Mass, um, despite others' uh, opinions. But I, um, so grew up in Hudson. I went to Boston College. I majored in uh, economics and sociology and, and sort of came out um, not totally knowing what, what I wanted to do, but sort of landed in, in more of the financial services world, actually, within wealth management and sales and, and all of that. And did that for about five or six years. Um, met my husband, my current husband, at the, at at that company, and um, and we decided it was time to do something different. So I sort of fell into recruiting, which was a um, interesting way to leverage my skills on the relationship management and building side, and um, just found it really interesting. Obviously, I really like connecting with people and getting to know others and hearing their stories and um, and all of that. So I ended up at the Bowden Group. Um, where, you know, obviously, like I said, I've been here for about 12 years and we, um, we have evolved quite a bit over the past 12 years and I'm happy to, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, dive a bit uh, deeper into that, but um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great. I, I think I always had an interest in healthcare um, going into college and, and sort of coming out of college and it's sort of a, a fortuitous um, way to way to end up in healthcare um in, in a lot of different aspects of it so it's been yeah great. usually one wouldn't think oh i have a passion for healthcare and you're in a recruiting firm right exactly. so so why exactly. don't we tell us about that what is the Bowdoin uh group what do they do so we're an executive search firm uh we're about 60 people now at the company so i kind of can no longer say that we're a boutique search firm um, mm-hmm. but we're still relatively small headquartered out of the boston area um, been around for about you know, over 25 years at this point, founded by our CEO and, and um, founder within the life sciences and pharma space. So our roots have always been sort of within, within uh, healthcare and life sciences. Um, we have evolved quite a bit. Um, like I said, we, we are an executive search firm. We do anything from, I would say, C-level, C-level roles, C-level searches. So anything CEO, CEO, I'm sorry, CFO, COO, et cetera. Uh, and if you think of like um, sort of CEO minus two, uh, potentially. So any roles that are, um, you know, not technically executive level, but, um, you know, down through SVP or VP, really anything that's that's critical and paramount to growing the business. Um, we, we really, our bread and butter really is working with, um, you know, startups and, and high growth companies, right? So I would say anywhere from, seed round um, through series C or D round companies on the venture back side, you know, some private equity backed companies, 
Um, you know, there are obviously exceptions to that rule where we do work with some larger, larger players, but, you know, our clients really come to us, you know, when they're in high growth mode, they either just received a round of funding and they need to build out an executive team or, or hire a team underneath to grow really fast and, um, you know, support, support that, that level of growth internally. So uh, I would say about, about 80 to 90% of what we do now is across healthcare in some ways, shape or form. So whether that's life sciences or what we consider digital health, healthcare tech, uh, which has actually been the fastest growing part of our business in the past, you know, upwards of five, six years. Um, you know, so I think that's, that's sort of one of the reasons that clients really like working with us is our ability to be subject matter experts uh, in our respective uh, verticals, particularly within healthcare. Yeah. Have you seen changes in the jobs market and healthcare over time? Like has um, it just over across the board, there's more jobs in health tech or, you know, is it specifically y'all skill set that allows you to see more and more health tech or how has that changed over time? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously it's, it's been, like I said, the fastest growing part of our focus, which I think is telling to what types of companies are, are hiring um, you know, there's a ton of money flowing into the space on the on the venture and, and private equity side. You know, obviously, you know, this movement toward virtual care and tech enabled services and COVID obviously had a huge part uh, to play in that. And, I, you know, I don't you know that that doesn't seem to be going away. Um, but, you know, I think yeah, I think it's it's been a huge move toward toward digital, toward um, leveraging, you know, technologies that are, you know, whether it's artificial intelligence or robots, right, or, or you know, things that are really going to change the ecosystem and, and, the, and the narrative entirely around how, how care is delivered, you know, whether that's specific to women's health or not. Um, you know, it's, so I, I think the demand from that perspective has been, has been huge, especially over the past 12 to 24 months. That's a great point, because when I meet with, you know, students or uh, individuals changing industries and they say, what skills do I need for femtech? I say, one, a passion for women's health and two, just as long as you're tech enabled, you know, like when I say, oh, we use Slack, Monday.com and, you know, Zoom and this and that, I want you to be like, oh, I know half of those and the other half. I'm not familiar, but I'm sure I can look around and get up to date quickly, right? Like you need to be a tech enabled person now, I feel like in healthcare. 1000%. You know, I, I think it's, um, that's, that's what makes it interesting, right? It's, it's the innovation that's coming out of this and the ideas, you know, that are, that are fueling the whole, you know, the whole ecosystem. Um, and, you know, to your point, it is the passion for the mission, right? It's, I think there was a statistic I read that was, um, it said 75% of people um, that changed jobs in 2021 did it to be tied closer to the mission of their company. So I think that's a huge, um, huge. You know, factor here. Yeah, sure. I think a lot of candidates at our jobs fair are going to be people who are, maybe they were happy, they were content, they were okay at their job, but they didn't feel like they were waking up and changing the world. And femtech is an industry where I know, at least for myself for two years now, I've woken up and been like, I'm changing the world in some capacity here, you know, um, and I love that. I really love that. It fills my cup. Um, I want to talk, let's go back to more of a 30,000 foot view. Um, and then we'll kind of narrow down back into the femtech jobs market. But what are you seeing right now in terms of trends in the U.S. for the jobs market in general? I've heard this thing called the great resignation. I'm hearing all these crazy statistics. Like you just said, 75% of the people that changed it was because of they want to be more passionate about their work. So what the heck is happening right now in the U.S. with the jobs market? 
Yeah, it's been sort of unprecedented. Um, I think we can all agree. I mean, you can read millions of articles on the Great Resignation, right, 2021. And, um, you know, now they're calling the Great Rebound of 2022, I think. So, you know, I think- Oh, new terms. The dynamic (laughs) change. Yes, exactly. Um, You know, but I think, you know, COVID had a huge impact on, on that. And I think it made, you know, people sort of look themselves in the mirror or sort of rank, you know, in order of importance, you know, how, how they were viewing their themselves, you know, at their, at their job, at home, et cetera. And obviously, you know, women were hugely impacted, you know, by, by the whole, you know, move to remote, um, you know, if, if you have school age kids and having to deal with remote learning and childcare and daycares closing and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it, it did sort of uproot um, a lot of dynamics at home for people, which which certainly affected the job market. I think, I think in on the flip side of that, you have um, you know this whole remote working um, you know policy and idea now, where you know rewind you know three four years ago when we had searches or you know looking for CEOs or, or CFOs, they needed to be able to get to the office every day, right? So that significantly limits the geography that you can search for your candidate in and um, and the, the overall pool of talent, you know, now it's just not the case. And and, and companies know that they're not going to be able to, to really limit geography um, from a competitive perspective because it's, you know, people want the flexibility. They want to be able to work from home. We've all figured out that, that you know, the world still works via Zoom, right? Although it mm-hmm. can be torturous at times, but um, you know, I think that that's a sometimes huge... even better, right? On Zoom, right. I'm thinking back to when I had a startup, and you know, I had a million dollars in investing. Felt like I had all the money in the world. Little did I know, naive little founder Brit. But I was paying WeWork for two offices, and I think back, and I'm like, why were we paying that? You know, like, we could have all worked from home, but it was like this idea that, like, oh, when we need an office and WeWork, you know, so we could all see each other every day and pay for parking, and it's like, what? Why were we doing that? Do you was the that little toggle that says remote? on like Indeed, or I'm seeing now on, you know, as I'm said, we're setting up this job fair, all of these applications, and there's always a toggle that says like remote work. Is that a new toggle or is that how, has that always been there? I think that's been there for, it, I think it's been there. Um, yeah. And now I'm it's actually, like prominent. Yeah, like, I'm surprised it actually still exists because I would imagine that 90% of the, the job is at this point. Yeah. Um, obviously there's certain functions and in industries where that's just not an option, right? But yeah. I think for for this space in particular, and in, in sort of the tech world, it, it can work. It can work really well. Have you seen an influx in like female clients or a desire for more females to fill healthcare positions? Yeah, I mean, I think the the focus around you know DE and I and diversity, equity, and inclusion is is been paramount over the past couple of years across the board. I think what's refreshing is the number of uh, female CEOs that um, either, you know, we're working with now or, um, you know, in recruiting for, you know, CEOs, you know, talking with, you know, women that are really driven by, um, you know, by being, you know, at the tip of the spear of of growth for a company at at the C-level. So I think that's, that's been really refreshing, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's still a, you know, a a world dominated by, by men largely at the top. So I think it's always forefront with clients um, to, you know, have at least, you know, a diverse slate of candidates. Um, You know, obviously they're going to pick the right person for the job at the end of the day, but I think it's really important to, that that, um, companies focus on the, on the diversity aspect as they're thinking about hiring. One interesting thing about women's health that we see is 
Um, sometimes women's health companies are founded by men because they are bioengineers or they, whatever, they have this patent or they're working in this lab. I don't know, but they get to a point where they say, all right, we need a woman to lead this now because, um, males leaving, leading women's health companies. It's just, sometimes there's just, just juxtaposition. It just doesn't seem right. Feel right. Do whatever you need a, at least a woman that's, um, right there with you, a co-founder, a CTO, a COO, that's the female, right? And so um, do you see any other industries where having a woman at the helm is just right? Like it's supposed to be there, you know, leading a women's health company, or is this like a women's health, like industry, like weird, not weird, but like it's a trend that is specific for this industry versus others? No, I mean, it's obviously more prominent, I think, in women's health where, you know, there's an obvious connection to the mission and the problem that they're trying to solve for, right? Like, I can't name client names, but there's, you know, a company we're working with now that's a, you know, know, virtual care lactation consulting company, right? And they're, you know, going to be looking for a, a CEO. And, you know, the reality is, you know, can a, can a man really connect to that, that problem that they're trying to solve for? And, and are they going to be out there fundraising and, and pouring their, you know, heart out to do so? So I think that there's certainly a question mark around that. But, um, you know, I think with, within the digital health space more broadly, there's, there's, a, an, there's always a, um, an interest in a, in a female-led, you know, a, a female CEO or a, f- a female executive. Um, and a lot of times it, it does connect back to the mission in that, in that sense too, right? It doesn't have to be femtech or women's health. It can be, um, you know, oncology, right? If, if someone has a, you know, had a really bad experience with, you know, a a parent or loved one that, um, you know, passed away from cancer and they were with them that entire journey. And is there, you know, an opportunity for someone to become a CEO of a company that's trying to solve for, you know, how we deliver care to oncology patients, right? So I think I think it does tie back to the mission across the board in digital health. Um, you know, and that there is a focus on diversity for sure. Do you remember the first time you heard the word femtech or heard like learned about what it was? Yeah, it's going to be in the past couple of years. I mean, uh-huh. um, you know, thanks to your social media, I think that certainly helped. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's it's certainly new. It's it's an area that's untapped and exciting, um, and given sort of where, you know, where we are as an organization at the Bowdoin Group and our, you know, expertise in digital health and how we've sort of built that up. This is a no-brainer for us to, to really, um, to really focus on moving forward and, and, you know, figure out how we can make, make an impact in, in femtech. Have you heard of any other executive search firms kind of carving out a, a you know, objective to make sure you're part of femtech? Not that I can think of in terms of, um, you know, that's, I suppose, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to see some large organizations waking up and being the first movers in that space, you know, with them has been an amazing sponsor for us. And they're an accounting firm, right? And they have a femtech dedicated team, Goodwin Law. They just started a women's health specific law department, right? Um, and then now we have the Bowdoin Group being like, hey, we're, we're putting the flag up, you know, we see that this is a new industry about to just explode. In fact, we're in the early stages of that, and we want to be there at the forefront. So um, I love that companies going out there saying, this is new, this is innovative. And by the way, we're a cutting edge firm, even if we're big, right? So I love that. What excites you the most about Femtech? And I would love your like kind of personal Caitlin opinion, but also, you know, your, uh, 
uh, managing director had at Bowdoin Group in terms of what is the potential here? What is femtech sure. mean to you as a business? Sure. I think my personal hat is, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a mom of three boys um, and who are very active and busy and, and just boys in general, right? And I've had, you know, I've, I've worked my entire career. I mean, I'm a, I'm a worker bee. It's, it's what I've always wanted to do. And um, I think I would say I would be a terrible stay-at-home mom, but uh, I, I, I envy the ones that, that can do it um, and do both, quite frankly. So I think it's, it's having, having to balance, um, you know, being a working mom and the challenges that, that, that sort of you go through day in, day out and having babies and, and sort of all of the, all of the, um, you know, the things that go along with, with that whole process, I think is when I started to hear about femtech and women's health, I mean, it's an obvious, it's an obvious, you know, focus, um, that we should be, that we should be putting at at the, at the front of our, at the front of our mind. So, you know, it's, it's just, again, I have an interest in healthcare and, and, and in general, um, coming out of, coming out of school. So it's been, um, it's been interesting just to get to know the space. You know, I think, I think it's from a Bowdoin group perspective, um, you know, I'm I'm the only female managing director at the Bowden Group, so I think it's it's an obvious um, you know path for us to explore and and sort of um, jump in with both feet uh, in terms of building out a femtech women's health focus. I think um, you know knowing and seeing the potential on the venture capital side and the private equity side, and you know being in the Boston area with a lot of these venture and, and PE firms in our backyard that are explicitly digital health or healthcare tech, there's a huge, you know, unaddressed gap in, in their sort of portfolios that um, will eventually be filled. And I think it's it's knowing and seeing, you know, some of the investments coming from from those types of um, those types of companies into the broader digital health space, like makes me really excited for what this, you know, what could be coming on the femtech and, and women's health side. So I think, I think it's, um, you know, it's a super super exciting time just in general. I think your, your post at one point, like, right, this is like a one, $1 trillion market by, you know, 2030 or something. So I, I mean, it's, it's crazy money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's totally untapped. And I always like to joke that all you have to do is be willing to say the word vagina um, and like the many, many doors of market opportunity yeah. can open up for you. Um, you know, we kind of briefly talked about the skills one would need to work in femtech because I so often meet with people that said like, well, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I didn't major in gender studies. Could I work in women's health? And I'm like, yes, because you're a software developer or yes, you're a marketing director or yet, you know, there's like all these other skills that you can bring to the femtech industry. And so um, just for you as, you know, someone who's worked long and hard and looking at skill sets and hard skills, soft skills, what would you tell some of the candidates that are listening to this episode um, that are wondering if they're qualified for femtech? What are they qualified? How would they be qualified? What would you be looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. Like you, you can't major in femtech, right? You can't major in, in women's health, really. Um, and, you know, it, it is a tie to the to the mission. It's, you know, if you bring that passion and, and excitement and, and you want to be part of a you know, a lot of these companies are going to be early stage, high growth, right? Which brings a different type of environment, um, you know, to the workplace, right? It's a roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty. I'm going to wear lots of different hats um, to help get, you know, this idea off the ground, right? I think to that point, you know, take that a step further, you know, for, for people that are, you know, you know, farther down the path in their careers where a lot of these companies, you know, on the women's health side are, 
you know, founder led, right. They, they, you know, the founder is the CEO and, and they can, you know, get the company to a certain point um, where, you know, the, it, it's working and there's an idea and it's, and it's, um, it's on people's radars, you know, but they at some point need the leadership in the door, right. To help take the company to the next level and um, go out and fundraise and, and be a pure operator and build an infrastructure. So, you know, if, you know, on the, on the leadership side to come, you know, to come in as a, you know, COO, CEO of a, um, you know, women's health company that's pre-series A and, and help them get to that next level. I mean, that's, that's what it's going to take, right? It's a lot of these, a lot of these founders are clinicians and they've never, they've never run a business before. So I, I think there's a huge opportunity there too. That's right. And some of us are just founders in our bones and like, we like to build. So I know for myself, I like, I like things that are like, oh, we have an idea. Let's get creative and think about the potential. Once things get regular and standard and like well-oiled machines, I'm like, I'm bored. All right. And so I'm sure there's lots of founders out there that have brought their company to pre-series A and they're ready to be like, cool, I want to keep working on the really hard problems, but we need somebody more stable (laughs) to be the face of it, the CEO running it, right? Yeah. And you see, and you see that all the time, right? They'll step into more of a, you know, head of clinical role or something, yeah. right? To, to, you know, be the subject matter expert and it's still their baby and, and they're going to watch it, you know, be super successful, but then they're not good at the operating stuff. And that's totally, that's totally fine. They shouldn't be, they haven't done it before. So, yeah. Yeah. well, Caitlin, this has been such a fun little preview interview of what our full on keynote interview is going to be like. I'm very excited for that. I do still want to ask you the last two questions that we ask all of our guests and our listeners really love. And the first one is, if somebody wanted to start a femtech company, what's an area in women's health that you think still needs innovating? Yeah, again, I think if we go back to the idea of tech-enabled services, right, and, um, you know, I think there's there are some really great services companies out, out there that are getting off the ground in women's health um, you know, to provide that virtual care support, right? Whether it's around, um, you know, new moms or, you know, pregnant moms or, you know, people trying to have, you know, babies, what, you know, what have you, um, you know, really building a, a, a tech platform around that, right? And, and to support that and, and making, you know, focusing on the, the engagement piece with the, with the patient and with the, um, you know, with the consumer, I, I think, I think there's a lot of great ideas and a lot of good services components that, that are, that could be, you know, powerhouses if, if they get the technology right. Transforming things into virtual healthcare. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And then what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? Again, I think it's the leadership. I think it's the leadership yeah. piece. Um, you know, I, I think there's, there's, you know, tons of great ideas, tons of great visions, um, and, and, you know, passions behind those missions. And it's, you know, how do we, you know, how do you take it to the next level? Um, you know, how do you, how do you go out and, and, you know, capitalize on some of the funds out there and, and really, really grow, you know, grow these businesses to where they're, they're making huge impacts on people's lives. I love that idea. This thought of, we need the powerhouses of, from other industries to come into femtech, right? People, maybe their names, we already know, maybe even famous, you know, powerhouse names from maybe fashion or TV or journalism or, you know, pharmaceuticals, I don't know. And then they come to femtech and they bring their prestige or their, you know, track record with them to elevate femtech. I've actually... You are maybe our 160th interview uh, and no one's ever said that. So 
Awesome. 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 <laughs> love it. I love when there's a new answer. Uh, Caitlin, this has been so much fun. I so appreciate your time. Again, listeners, this is just a little preview as to what our fold on jobs fair is going to be, which is March 23rd from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Caitlin, what are you the most excited about for our hiring forum coming up? Well, it's the first one, so I think I think we set our expectations low. But I think it's gonna. I think they're uh, the results are gonna blow us away, quite frankly, based on interest level so far. And and I know us at the Bowen Group, we're all super excited, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we did our soft launch seven days ago of the of promoting it. We already have over two hundred candidates awesome. signed up, so it is. Uh, I had a sense, I had a spidey sense, y'all, that this was going to be good. And sure enough, so I'm excited. Caitlin, uh, we will chat soon and everyone can come meet Caitlin at um, the uh, March 23rd Jobs Fair. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks, Brittany, so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to my interview with Caitlin Marini, Managing Partner at The Boating Group. Be sure to register for the jobs fair at femtechfocus.org. Alrighty, Fem fans, don't forget to register for our jobs fair happening on March 23rd from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Join our new virtual community and become a FemPro member for only $14.99 a month to access all of our assets of the Femtech community like our databases and self-guided Femtech Accelerator. Please consider supporting Femtech Focus by giving the show a five-star review and becoming a monthly donor to our organization. Subscribe to our newsletter and know all the new events coming up. All this can be done at femtechfocus.org. Until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.